What's up, everyone, and welcome to another Fantasy Mafia podcast, NBA edition. My name is Jordan Jica, a.k.a. Dr. Fantasy, and I am here with my co-host, the Fantasy Caveman. Been a, quite a few weeks since we've done one of these episodes, but with the NBA playoffs starting, we have some more teams that were eliminated, so we're going to be breaking down the uh, non-playoff teams right now. These are the guys that got eliminated in the bubble. So today we're starting with the wonderful Washington Wizards. Hey, hmm. man, you excited about the Wizards? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna get into it, but man, if he if if only if only Bradley Beal would have actually played in the bubble. I mean, yeah, I understand why he didn't. I mean, who wants to play for the Wizards? But. <laughs> But yeah, if only they would. Uh, it, who knows? We might we might not be talking about him right now. Had Bradley Beal uh, played in the bubble, so yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was kind of interesting. They went one and seven in the bubble, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording. But technically, because of their winning percentage, they fell below the Charlotte Hornets, who didn't get invited back. So technically, the Wizards finished, according to ESPN, in 10th place in the East with a 25-47 and 47 record. Scott Brooks is currently their head coach. He's a coach that's had a lot of success. He took the yeah. Thunder to the NBA Finals. He's one of those coaches. I think they need to make a determination because, for me, Scott Brooks is the kind of coach you have if you're ready to win now. If they think that they're ready to win now and they're confident that John Wall and Bradley Beal are going to be there for the long term, I think he's a great coach for the situation. If they're going to go full-on rebuild and get rid of Wall and Beal, then maybe they look to move on, not this offseason. But uh, Scott Brooks actually has had some success with the Wizards, too. They made the playoffs the first two seasons he was there. He yep. had 49 wins his first year. So this is a good head coach. He's not one of a big-name to a lot of casual fans, but a very successful head coach. Yeah. Um, I'll hop into some of their season leaders here. Bradley Beal obviously led the team in points with 30.5. He had an okay season. Uh, Davis Bertrands had 15.4 points. Rue Hachimara, 13.5 points. Thomas Bryant, 13.2. Really, their starting lineup right there. Uh, next for rebounds, Thomas Bryant led the way with 7.2. Hachimara, 6.1. I, I was glad to see Hachimara get some minutes this year. Actually averaged yeah. over 30 minutes a game. Really high-energy guy. I always liked him at Gonzaga, so I'm happy to see you starting to uh, carve out a role in the NBA. Uh, next with rebounds, we have Ian Mahanmini. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. 5.7 rebounds. Troy Brown also had 5.6 rebound from the guard position. Bradley Beal led the way with 6.1 assists and 1.2 steals. Troy Brown had 1.2 steals. And then Mahin Me had 1.2 blocks per game. Uh, Thomas Bryant also right behind him with 1.1 blocks. Anybody from this Wizards roster that stood out to you for the 2019-2020 season? Uh, yeah, a couple. I mean, obviously, we don't need to really talk about the season Bradley Beal put together. I mean... The only guy on the Wizards that really they could rely upon to score, and he actually he's very underrated as a defender in my opinion. But he shouldered so much of the offensive load that he really didn't have anything left to give on the defensive end. 
So I think they kind of made him look a little bit worse than he actually is defensively. Uh, Biggest all star snub, right? Come on. How, he didn't make the all star team. That's for that's just that's that's one of the biggest all star snubs in recent memory, right there. But a couple uh got I, we mentioned it with the, their leaders, but Davis Davis Bertans had a really solid season. You could probably say he was probably their their number two option behind Bradley Beal pretty much the entire year, which. I like Davis Bertans, but if Davis Bertans is your number two option. You're not really going to do much. Uh, but he had, I mean, he said he had 15.4 points, uh, 42% from three-point range this season, so he's really good three-point shooter for him. Yeah. And Eighth most points in the league, three-point field goals as well. Eighth most. Yep. Uh, and we were talking about this on a, on our on a live recently, but... I like I the one of the biggest like advanced stats I'd like to look at is plus minus. Kind of gives you uh, an idea of how effective they are on the court. And uh, Bertans was actually their Wizards' most effective player in terms of plus minus. He had the ble- best plus minus differential on the team. So I think they really he, he they were really effective when he was on the uh, court on the court. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna obviously get into this when we talk about their free agents, but I think he's definitely, if they gotta try to find a way to re-sign him, we'll have to see how that shapes out. But, last, before we move on, uh, Thomas Bryant, I mean, kinda mainly impressed with it, with the, what he was able to do in the restart. I mean, true, he did it for a team that went 1-7 and seven in the restart, but in the bubble, he averaged 18, 18.6 points, 8.9 rebounds, two blocks, 1.4 steals, mm-hmm. shot 53% from the field and 40, 40.5% from three. So I think what that does, I think going forward for them, I think they, Thomas Bryant is, a, is I think, a guy that the Wizards can rely on going forward and kind of as their uh, top big man, especially since we don't know what's going to happen with Bertans. So. Really, I mean, it took it kind of. Thomas Bryant wasn't that great before the bubble, so I think the bubble gave him a great opportunity to show what he can provide to the Wizards going forward. Yeah, and Thomas Bryant, I think, was much proved as a defender, and that's one of the areas where the Wizards really struggled this season defensively. They were, uh, I mean, they scored points with Bradley Beal. They didn't really have trouble scoring points. And even Bertrand's, I mean, he's not the best second option, but he's kind of a, a modern swing man and how yep. many three-pointers he makes. So a uh, solid offensive option. But they really struggle. Achamaro is pretty solid defensively. But after that, uh, a lot of struggles. But Thomas, this is still a young team people forget, yep. too. Thomas Bryant's only 23, Achamaro 22. They were two of their minute leaders this year. So a lot to uh, look forward to, especially with John Walk. <laughs> Excuse me, especially John Wall. I'm allergic to John Wall, um, especially with John Wall coming back in the future here. But let's go over their depth chart here and see what it looks like moving forward. Uh-huh. When John Wall comes back, obviously they'll have him at the point, Bradley Beal at two. Um, behind them, they have Shabazz right now, who's going to be entering free agency. Shabazz Napier, mm-hmm. Troy Brown, Gary Payton, Ju- or whatever he is, the fifth. He's only the second. For some reason, I thought he was the third, but he's Gary Payton Jr. 
So uh, he played some minutes for him this year. At the three, they had Bertrand starting, Troy Brown and Isaac Bonga behind them. At the four, Rue Hachimara, Moritz Wagner, center Thomas Bryant, Moritz Wagner backing him up. So a lot of the names we've already mentioned. Yeah. It's one of the things looking through their depth chart. They did not have great depth this year, and I think that's one of the issues they're going to have to address during this free agent period. But to go over some of their big free agents now, they have uh, Mahinmi, who's going to be a free agent. He made $15 million this year. Davis Bertrands is going to, yeah, $15 million. That wasn't, I didn't miss say that just for those of you who are listening saying, no, he didn't make 15 million. No, he seriously did. So um, I'm not lying. Uh, Davis Bertrands made 7 million last year. He's going into free agency. Shabazz Napier. I, I like Shabazz as a bench guard. I think he's a, he's a, I think he'll command a decent salary on the open market here, but we'll see. They need some depth, especially with walls injury history. Um, Gary Payton Jr. is going to be a free agent. Let me mention some of these other guys that you'll get angry at me for if I don't mention them. Uh, Jarrett Uthoff, Jarian Grant, and a name that I'm not going to try to pronounce. Um, Angie's Paskins. That's what we're going with there. That's my attempt at that. Uh, he probably pay- played less than 20 minutes for them would be my guess. Um, and then you had a couple of two-way contracts, Garrison Matthews and Jonathan Williams. Um, did I cover everybody for you? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, Garrison Matthews actually played in 18 games. Oh, what, what do I know? Probably got two 10-game tryouts then. He probably uh, they played pretty well his first 10, and they Aver- averaged a solid 12 and a half minutes a game. And then they actually have quite a bit of salary coming off the books from mm-hmm. players that actually aren't on their roster. Um, <laughs> CJ Miles is still getting $8.7 million. Yes. Um, Jonathan Simmons, a few other guys around a, a million bucks here, but they're going to have, it looks like around nine, 10, around $12 million in open cap. And that's just from guys that aren't on their roster. And if they're not able to sign Mahin me, Bertrands. I mean, there's a lot of salary cap space for them. Do you really think the Wizards are going to try to bring back Mahinmi? I hope they don't bring back Mahinmi. I mean, realistically, if I'm the Wizards, they have the 22nd most salary cap space right now, or the 22nd highest salary cap space. So they have a ton of space right now heading into 2020, 2021. So that's counting all these contracts coming off the books. If I'm then, I'm definitely signing Bertrands and Shabazz because, like I said, they need yeah. that depth. I'd actually consider Gary Payton, who actually is a pretty solid defender. I mean, if he's your third or fourth guard off the bench, you know, you need a guy like that that's solid defensively and can come in and play some tough minutes for you. So yeah. I think that, you know, obviously Mahinmi is not going to be a priority for him unless he takes a veteran minimum of 500000 you know, something ridiculous. <laughs> But I don't know with his lavish lifestyle if he's going to want to do that now. So if I'm them, I'm prioritizing Bertrand Shabazz and Gary Payton. Uh, What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, we're not touching. I wouldn't touch Mahinmi with that. Uh, Bertrand, I think, is that has to be their number one priority. They lose. They I don't think they can't really afford to lose. Uh, Bertans, especially if they're looking to uh, with Wall back coming back next year, they can't they can't lose Bertans because then you're really losing 
you're losing you're pretty you're losing so much offense. I mean, he's not the greatest. He's probably one of their weakest defenders. Mm-hmm. Like he can he can he can shoot, and it was evident this year. So I don't think they can really afford to lose that offense. Uh, Napier, like the point bring up, especially with the John Wall's injury history. Uh, Napier is a very quality uh, backup point guard who I wouldn't. Who, if he had, if he had to be my starter for a few games, that wouldn't be. I don't think that would be the worst thing. I really like. I really uh, really like him there. But yeah, Bertrand's. I mean, Peyton. Depending on you know what they do with the other two and what else happens, you know he could be a guy that you could possibly look to bring back. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely the first. The other two guys definitely. I think if they can resign them, I think they would be in decent shape. I would agree. So we'll hop into their off-season needs then. Um, I already mentioned they have the 22nd highest salary cap, so they do have some space there. But if they want to sign Bertrands, I mean, based on the NBA market, I bet you Bertrands makes in the $20 million range per Probably. season. That, that'd be my guess. for He'll get a three- or four-year deal for three years 60, three years 80, or four years 80. That'd be my prediction for him if I had yeah. to lay it out there somewhere around there. Shabazz, we'll see. I don't know. Um, you know, there's not a ton. Of, when I was going through it, there's quite a few interesting free agents, but not a ton of depth guards. So Shabazz might command a, not $20 million, but you might see him jump into that 8 to $10 million a year range. That wouldn't surprise me. So uh, that'll take a little bit of their space, but they still have some room to play with. So uh, who do you, anyone, what do you think they need to target this off season? Anyone specifically or just any generic positions? Uh, obviously their number one target is, we mentioned this several times, but they need to re-sign Bertans. That has to be their number one, their number one uh, priority. Uh, but I think they, they need some, they need rim protectors. Um, Ma- Mahini was supposed to be that for him, but he's just for what it, he's just uh, tall and I don't think he's fat because he looks kind of skinny. But he's a he's a tall waste of space. They really I was thinking like I was thinking about it. They really haven't had it, the Wizards have really haven't had a good rim protector since Nene and like Brendan Haywood. Yeah, like, and I mean that wasn't lot... prime Nene either. It, no, it was, but I'm saying I'm saying like yeah, I mean, that's the last <laughs> time they had like a like a reliable rim protector. So they need some rim protection. Uh, we'll see what kind of avenues they look to get that. But uh, also I think some perimeter, some perimeter defense. I think they kind of kind. I mean I think part of it. I think part of it has to do with uh, Bradley Beal being subpar defensively because mm-hmm. he had to shoulder the load offensively. Uh, I think that kind of made their perimeter defense look a little weak. So I think they need some guys to kind of defensively take the pressure off of uh, Wall and Beal. Uh, and I think I think what they need to do, and this might this is obviously going to apply more towards the draft. Uh, but I think they need, they have several guys, they have some several pieces in place. They have Wall and Beal and, uh, Achimura, if they re-sign, I think they need to start targeting some guys with, like, high, 
with high ceilings. I I think Giddings, if I mean they they've been trying to and Ruiz solid, but he doesn't. I don't think Ruiz really has that high of a ceiling. I think he's more of a safe, mm-hmm. like a safer guy. I think they need to start going after some like high, uh, some high ceiling guys. Uh, looking towards the draft, I I think they're number one. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce this guy's name, but the center out of USC. Yep. Oh oh, oh no, maybe I will try. On Yaka Okunwu, good yep. close enough. Okunwu, yep. Uh, I think he he would be a he would be a great day one fit for him up, especially if you pair him with uh, you you, you pair him with Bertans, who is a three four kind of guy. You got a rim, pro- he's an instant rim protector that they haven't had in fifteen years or something, and he and he's a pretty good rebounder too. Uh. Another guy I could see them going mate in the draft, I think. Uh, and I don't think we have recorded a pod about this guy yet, but we probably will at some point. That uh, Shadik Bay from Villanova. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think he's he's a uh, he play he plays some of the best defense in uh in the draft in my opinion. I think that's so what the Wizards need aside from rim protection. So I think, and, and he can shoot, and he's a pretty solid shooter from three, too. So I think he's another guy that they could possibly target in the draft. Yep. I would definitely agree with you. The rim protector, it's just depth, too. Because when you look at it, Echimara, I don't really consider him a, a big man that's defending no. guys in the paint. Thomas Bryant can, but I think he's more of the uh, modern stretch big man where yeah. he's shooting threes. He's on the perimeter. He is down low, and you see that with his block shots down in the paint. But, you know, they really don't have many big men. So I agree that that needs to be a priority. I mentioned earlier, but their defense struggled pretty significantly. So I think getting a wing defender. You mentioned Sadiq Bey was one of the guys that was on my list. Devin Vassal, who we talked about. Josh Green, who is also a really strong yep. defender. Uh, and free agency, I don't see a ton of strong defenders I would target. The one guy I keep mentioning, he's with the Nuggets right now, is Jeremy Grant. He actually has one of the best defensive ratings in the entire league, but he's not one of those guys you really want starting. So I really like the idea of them pairing Jeremy Grant with Davis Bertrands because I think that's a really, they complement each other really well. One doesn't have a very strong offensive game where that's what the other one has. So I think they could be a really nice complement to one another. But I think this is a team that needs to decide right now. As much as I could see them targeting a high upside player, if I'm them, I'm more targeting somebody that can step in and play right now because you have two superstars. I mean, I like John Wall and Bradley Beal. And that combination is very close to being good enough to at least put you... The East is kind of... I mean, it's up in the air right now. I mean, we have the Bucks at the top and then a lot of teams who we have a lot of question marks in regards to. So if the Wizards want to put themselves in that conversation, they just need another big-time piece to step in. Because with the starting five they have right now, Wall, Beal, Bertrand, Zachamara, Bryant, plus you add their first-round pick... I bet you this is a team that makes the playoffs in the East. I would be pretty certain with it if they're all able to stay healthy together. But they just they need some defensive depth. They're not going to go very far in the playoffs without defense. 
And I think that needs to be their priority, both on the wing and as a big guy, as you mentioned. It just they they have to be more defensive minded. Otherwise, they're not going to go very far, in my opinion. Yeah, like uh, like I said, I think with their draft pick, I think that uh, Okunwu from USC is like too perfect of a fit for him. Mm-hmm. You get that, but uh, the goal with the offensive minds minded guys they have in the starting unit, you and then you put then you put an anchor and a rim protector at the five for him. Although he is a little. And we'll we'll pop, we'll talk about him more when we do our draft pod on him, I'm sure. But he is only six nine. Yep. So he's a he's a little shorter, but I think he, I think he, I think he can overcome that somewhat because he's just because he's still he's very versatile and he can still he's he gets up there to block shots and rebound and all that. So I just yep. There's a real possibility, too. Right now, they're projected to have the ninth overall pick, the Wizards, which is funny since they were so close to making the playoffs. But yeah. they, uh, there's a real possibility. This is kind of interesting. We haven't talked about it. But James Wiseman has actually been falling down a lot of people's draft boards. Um, I guess a lot of scouts don't like his attitude. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, there's a real possibility. So a few mock drafts that I've seen, he's fallen to the – seven or eight range i mean that's where we're talking i think that's stupid because we've talked about it the talent in this draft is not very high there it's just it's not a high level there's a lot of guys that i think will be solid role players but there's not very many guarantees to be superstars i mean james wiseman to me is one of the top three most talented players in this class i don't care what his attitude is you don't let him slip I mean, I well, I kind of get it because a lot of these teams are trying to rebuild and you don't want that kind of negativity. I'm, but, man, could you imagine if the Wizards got him, though? That would be really oh, intriguing. Would be but I, I would be if the if Golden State does not take Wiseman. That would be. I don't just, I, can, I, I, I have a hard time believing Golden State will not take Wiseman. Like, I. Like if you think, like if you think about it, I mean not, or I may not know it's a wizard. I know we're doing a wizards pod, but if, man, if Golden State doesn't take Wiseman, they are just idiots. Like, but yeah, if, if he somehow falls in this range, or if he falls enough where the Wizards can then possibly trade up, mm-hmm. I think Wiseman's another guy that would be a perfect fit. But I'm not. I still don't see him slipping that far, so he wasn't really, didn't really cross my thoughts that much simply because I don't, even with his attitude, like not every guy and almost every guy coming into the NBA has some kind of attitude, so I don't get what that's nope. about. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so he'd be nice, but I don't, I still, I have a hard time seeing him slip that far. Yeah, so I think moving forward, this is a team that's going to compete for an Eastern Conference playoff spot next season. Uh, you know, I mean, let's talk quickly. I want your thoughts on where you think they're going to finish next year, and do you think there's any possibility that they move on from Beal or John Wall? Ooh, that's that's the thing. Uh, they've they've been trying to move on to John Wall ever since they signed him to that contract. Yep, nobody wants that like contract. Five years, 175 or something like that for him. Not sure how many years he has left. He has at least two or three years left on that deal yet. Uh, 
they've been trying to move John Wall for three more years, years, by the way. Jesus. And he makes forty million, forty-three million, forty-six million. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. Uh. But they've been trying to move John Wall, and I don't see them being able to move John Wall with that deal. Uh, so I think he's and he's getting paid a lot, but I think if he's healthy, I still he's he's still one of the best. He's one of the best point guards in the league if he's healthy. So now that I was reading, like I can see, but I don't I don't think the the Wizards need to trade Beal. To be competitive next year, because uh, if they trade Beal, you're basically talking. You want you want to talk about? I wouldn't quite put them on the Knicks level because they still had they would have a seemingly healthy John Wall. You would think, but if they shift Bradley Beal off in the off season, they're gonna they'd be one of the worst teams in the league. Like yeah, it would be, definitely. it would be a, they would, be, it would be a clear bottom up rebuild. Which, and they said, and going back to your point about Scott Brooks, who they did say he will be back for the final year. He's on his final year of his deal, yep. so I think that's that's something to keep in mind. I think they're gonna definitely, at least not this season. I don't see them kind of doing anything with Beal, especially if they have Brooks back as coach. I, I don't think I think they try to be competitive this year and see what a healthy Wall and Beal can do, and then we'll kind of see going see see going forward. But I, yeah, I don't see them trading Beal, and I do see them. I I guess I could definitely see them. It, it, assuming assuming how, assuming it doesn't happen again where. Wall says he's 110% healthy, and then he goes down like he did last year. This is we've heard we've heard this from John Wall before. Uh, but if everybody st- if everybody stays healthy, they're they're like mm-hmm. thinking pro- they're they're somewhere in like five, I don't even think five six range if they're healthy. I think they have a lot of they've they have several young pieces going forward. And Wall and Beal is is kind. Is kind of like the East ver- East version of Dame and CJ, kind of like a poorer version, I would say, because mm-hmm. uh, Wall really isn't uh, anywhere near the shooter that Dame is. But yeah, I, I have a hard time believing they won't be a playoff team if they're both healthy next year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So uh, I don't think I have any other thoughts. So I think that's all we have on the Washington Wizards today. So we appreciate you guys watching. If you don't already, make sure you go and like the Fantasy Mafia on Facebook. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've also been posting our pods more consistently on Spotify and Anchor and Google and Apple Podcasts, all those fun platforms. So you can listen as well if you don't want to watch us on YouTube. And make sure you check out all of our articles on thefantasymafia.com. And we have a Facebook group called the Fantasy Hotspot where you can go talk all things sports, not just NFL fantasy, but NFL news, NBA, NHL, MLB. So make sure you check that out. But we appreciate you guys listening, and I will see you. Well, we will see you next time. Yep.